ability for God to do his work. So in the book of James, chapter number one now this morning, let's look please in verse number one. The Bible says, James, a servant of God. Now, wouldn't you like to have that testimony? James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, now watch this. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Now I'm just going to make a few comments along the way. We've been seated for a little bit, so we'll stand. If you need to sit down, you will. Don't worry, I'm not going to have you standing through the whole message, okay? Uh, But, um, you know, most of us don't count it joy when we fall into divers temptations. When trials and testings come, um, you know, the Bible says in the book of Job, as the born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. And people don't get out of bed uh, claiming all the trouble that we can get along life's journey. We're usually claiming the blessings of God, the provisions of God, faith in God, trust in God. And these things are right. Nothing wrong with those. But here... Uh, the scripture says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Now, why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth Uh, to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let's pray. Our fathers, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for our church, for our pastor. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come back once again to the house of God, the place of worship. Lord, I would ask you now that you bless our gathering together. Bless the preaching of the scriptures and the word of God. I'd ask you that you'll use them for thy glory and honor. There may be those this morning that are going through testings and trials. We've heard all the great testimonies and the goodness of God that has abounded over the last several weeks. But Lord, there may be others that are here in the service and others that will be listening and watching later that are going through extreme trials and testing, going through despondency and discouragement. And I'd ask, Lord, that you may help them. God, I pray that you'll give us instruction from James chapter number one. Lord, please, I pray for your touch and your anointing, for your divine presence upon our lives. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Now, in the book of James, in chapter number one, and of course, uh, James uh, gives us instruction on how to live our Christian life. He deals with faith. He deals with testings and trials. He covers a whole gamut of topics in the scriptures and in the word of God. But we notice in this passage of scripture, there is a test that is going to be given to the children of God. Notice he says in verse number two, my brethren, and he's speaking to the Christians, uh, those that have trusted Christ, they are the brothers and the Lord, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. 
Now, in this passage of Scripture, he is not referring to temptation of sin. God does not tempt of sin. The Bible said he, he is not tempted and neither tempteth he any man. I thank the Lord that we have a Scripture, a Bible, we have a promise in the Word of God, but we must understand there will testing and trials come to every man, woman, boy, and girl who name the name of Christ. I said to our uh, board of directors, in fact, during our March meeting, uh, when all of the coronavirus was just getting uh, started, and I said to my executive staff and field staff that this virus will be a test to the Christianity of America, or American Christianity. It will test America and those that are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice what he says here in this text. Knowing this, that the trial, a trying of your faith worketh patience. Now I'm not going to reword all of this and, and make comments through all the scripture, but I would like to just say this, that in reading it in its conclusion with chapter number one of the book of James from verse one through verse number eight, that this is a pre-exam for the test. When I was in school, uh, they used to give us what they called pre-exams. It wasn't an actual test. You didn't get graded on it. It actually prepared you for the test that was up and coming. And I believe that James chapter number one and the text in which we've read, it is not the test. It is the pre-exam to the test that is yet to come. Now, I'm not a preacher of doom, but I believe that the test of what we have been going through is a pre-exam to the test that is forthcoming in America. Now, I'm not a preacher of doom. Please don't misunderstand me. But I believe we are in a pre-exam for the test that is forthcoming in America and around the world. Now, I want to give you several things in this text that I must needs get going, and I appreciate preacher uh, opening up, giving us extra time, but I'll be very cognizant of the time this morning and our situation. But let me give you, if I may, uh, four things concerning the pre-exam for the test. Remember, this is getting us ready for the test that is to come. Remember in the book of uh, Genesis chapter number 22, uh, the testing of Abraham, taking Isaac up to Mount Moriah and offering him up for a sacrifice. The Bible starts out by saying, after these things did God tempt Abraham. And so what he is saying is, if you go back and read all the testings and the trials and the life of Abraham, they were nothing more than a pretest for the final exam that is going to be given to Abraham in Genesis uh, chapter number 22. In fact, after Genesis chapter number 22, there are no more major testings or trials recorded in the life of Abraham in God's divine word. It was off after these things, the pre-testing of the trials, the exam that God put him through the test. Now, with that being said, notice, if you would please, in our scripture, he said, my brethren, and watch this, count it all joy. Count it all joy. 
Did you notice the first pre-exam to the test? And it's often that God does this. God is testing their attitude. And it is during times like these that God puts us through a pre-exam test and he checks our attitudes. I would have to say that for the most part, um, God's people have gotten a positive review on the attitude of the test. But I must confess this morning, there are some, in my opinion, that have horribly failed the test. I've never heard so much fussing and bickering and opinions about the test and the coronavirus and all that's going on in all of my life. But brethren, one thing I know, God's still on the throne and he hasn't forsaken his church and he hasn't forsaken his people. Thank God for the good attitudes in the service this morning and for the pre-exam tests. You know, a good attitude goes against human nature. Uh, For the soul to be joyful in hard times, it's hard. Why, when Mrs. Ellis is down on me for some reason, you say she wouldn't do that. You don't know her like I do. I've lived with her 41 years, almost 42. And uh, I hadn't seen her knitting yet, but I've been watching. (laughs) Huh? She has a good attitude. She really does. I, I said that, and I'm trying to dig out of the ditch in the doghouse, all right? We don't even have a doghouse. I'll be under the stars. But I thank God for the good attitude of God's people. Um, the world never has understood the attitude of God's people in test. We heard it this morning. Signs on doors saying, blessed What made the difference? The attitude of God's people. Well, in 1914, uh, Edison Industries, Thomas Edison's Industries, um, was basically destroyed by a massive fire. He lost at that time over $2 million. Uh, Almost all of his life's work went up in flames. And... um, he was, insured, he was only insured for $238,000 of the over $2 million that he lost. And his son uh, come over, uh, Charles, he was trying to find his dad, thought he was entrapped in the fire. And uh, his dad, Thomas Edison, was 67. And uh, finally, uh, Charles found his dad, Thomas, and he said, how you doing, Dad? He said, man, I'm doing great. He said, where's your mother? He said, Mother, you don't know where Mother is? Where's Mom, Dad? He said, I don't know, but go find her. He said, why? He said, bring her in. He said, in her whole lifetime, she'll never get an opportunity to see a fire like this. Go fetch her quick. (laughs) The attitude of the test. Um, To some, the glass is half full. To others, the glass is half empty. The attitude of the test. Uh, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. How's your test and the attitude been lately, the pre-exam? I wrote down four things about the attitude. I'll give them briefly. Attitude determines our approach to our trials. Attitude determines our relationship with people in our trials. An attitude determines in large part the success or failure 
of our trials. Thank God for good attitudes in the trial. Notice, if you would, secondly with me, the actuality of the test. Notice this, if you would, please, in uh, in the Scriptures. He said, knowing this, in verse number 3, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. We had the attitude of the test in verse number 2, but now we see the actuality of the test. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith. You know, trials are a part of life for believers and non-believers. In Matthew 5, 45, the Bible said, He maketh it to rain on the just and the unjust. Now, unless you live in Florida, uh, you'll not understand that. I've been in Florida when we lived there for a little over a decade uh, in all the total time we were there. I've literally seen it rain on one half of the road and the sunshine on the other side of the road. But there is an actuality of the test. Uh, When we actually go through the testing, when we actually go through the trial, and some people seem to be in oblivion to the test and act as if it is nothing or it does not exist, but the Bible is replete with the examples of God's people who made it through the testing, who made it through the trials. Some of those, I'll just give you briefly, one of them is Abraham in the Old Testament. When he was asked by Isaac, Father, I see the fire and the wood, uh, but I don't see the sacrifice. Where's the sacrifice? And he said, Son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went both of them together. God is in control. What about Job? The Bible said in the scriptures that through it all, Job remained, uh, maintained his integrity and sinned not. The actuality of the test. Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 35. The testings that are mentioned in that closing of that face hall of fame. The Bible says in verse number 35. Women received their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured. uh, Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. And destitute, afflicted. Uh, tormented of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, uh, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without should not be, uh, should be made perfect. I say to you this morning, that when the actuality of the test comes, and our attitudes is right, and our faith is right, and we're willing to trust God, God sees us through. He hears and he answers our prayer. And God never fails. And I've never seen, as the scripture says, the righteous forsaken. Our seed, as the psalmist said, a begging bread. How God is the same today. Yesterday, today, and forever. And he faileth not. Thank God this morning for the attitude, for the actuality of the test. I remember a friend of ours whose daughter was dire sick and at the point of death. They wouldn't let him hold her and go nigh to her. The doctors had given him only hours for her to live. He went in underneath the little 
table that they had her laying in because of the rooms all being full. He crawled under and laid prostate and grabbed hold of the post that held the casters of that bed that she was on and called out to God and prayed and pleaded with the God of heaven to intervene in the death of his trials and his testings. Moments later, there was movement. She had come out of a deep coma. She had been in a comatose state for, uh, for weeks. And within hours, she was sitting up in her bed, and God had heard and answered prayer. Amen. The attitude and the actuality of the tests. You see, patience in our testings, they mean a lot. God has a divine purpose in our test. God has a purpose in allowing this to hit not only America, but the world. Our ministry is established in 26 different nations. In Brazil, they not only have the coronavirus, but their correctional institutions are ruled and controlled by the mafia. And on top of this, the inmates rioted and the mafia took over the prisons. They do that about twice a year. Typically, we go every August or September to Brazil. And almost every time before we go, uh, they riot and the mafia stirs up problems in the country. And one year, they killed 54 of the officers, excluding the prisoners. They literally would drive by and lay in wait and ambush not only the officer, but his wife and children or their husband and children, the entire families, and slaughter them in the front doors of their own homes. And sometimes we think we have it hard, and I know it's a hard time. It has offset uh, tremendously our lifestyles in America and what we're used to. But my brethren, even this morning with the hardships of America, it pales in comparison to the normal standard of living and normal circumstances in many nations around the globe. I remember when we were in Uganda, Africa, in my first trip, Abote and Idi Amin had uh, just lost their dictatorship They literally had gone in and struck fear and terror throughout that country. They had gone in and totally annihilated entire tribes. And they would decapitate them and line their skulls and heads up on uh, sticks on each side of the road for miles down the way. They threw so many dead bodies and carcasses into the Lake Victoria, which is the source of the Nile River, that it began to slow down the flow of the Nile River. And yet in the midst of that, and they were only months out of this dictatorship and rulership when we went in, and yet I went into mud huts with thatch roofs, and people were excited. They had a joy on their heart. Why? Because of the attitude of the test. And when the actuality come, they were ready and willing to praise God and give him all the glory. The AIDS epidemic had started there and had swept through Uganda and not only in, in Tebi and Abote, and Tebi, I mean Abote, gone in and annihilated tribes, but there were uh, sections we went through where the AIDS virus had totally annihilated tribes. And it's bordered by five countries, and at that point there had never been a single uh, day in the, uh, uh, the existence of Uganda that they had not had war on some border. But I wish you could have been with us and seen the joy that the Christians had. And then there's the aim of the test. 
Notice the Bible says in, in their scriptures in verse number four, but let patience have her perfect work that she may be perfect and entire. That's the aim of the test. To increase our patience that we may be perfect, mature, entire, complete in Christ and wanting nothing. You know, the Lord's been good to us. We have a good base support, most of our missionaries, but to be honest with you, all of our missionaries, um, a lot of the offerings in our meetings in our churches help carry us through. But you know, the Lord's been good to us. He's never failed. And in spite of not having the services and the offerings coming in, like everyone else, we've not had the extra fuel expenses. We've not had some of the hotel expenses. We've not had the eating out expenses. Thank God for some home-cooked food for a change. And I don't mean that as reflection on Mrs. Ellis. We're just not home to eat home-cooked meals most of the time. You can tell by looking at me. I've enjoyed myself the last few days. The aim of the test. You see, God has a divine aim and purpose in mind for each of our trials. The following are a few things that I'd like to mention. One, according to James 1, 3, and 4, patience is developed. According to James 1, 3, and 6, the Bible tells us that faith is increased. According to Ephesians 4, 14 through 15, maturity is advanced. And James 1 and 12, we have opportunities to win crowns in our testings and in our trials. And I believe everyone here this morning could put their finger on some aspect of blessings and opportunity through our testings and trials that God has performed in our life. Something that God has accomplished we never thought possible. And if not, I challenge you to look for that which God has done in your heart and in your life. You see, going into a trial, we want everything. Coming out of a trial, we don't want anything. We just want to get out of it. You know why? Because we found something, and that is the sufficiency of God. That God is all sufficient, and when it all comes down to the bottom line, he's really all we need. And then there's assistance in the trial as we prepare to close. Notice the scripture says in verse number 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth liberally to all, I give it to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Thank God for the divine assistance in the trial. Aren't you glad that we don't have to go through it by ourselves? That we not only have each other, we not only have a church and a pastor and deacons and family members and loved ones that love the Lord. Thank God we have him and he is all we need. His divine assisting arm. Those who are brought low in Psalm 116 and verse 6, he said, the Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. You feeling weak and in Invincible this, invincible this morning, he can help you. According to Psalm 118, verse number 13, 14, Thou hast thrust toward me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song. It has become my salvation. May I say to you, my friend, when trials are relentless and take us by surprise, go to the book of Job and the book of Psalm. When we feel we're overwhelmed by our circumstances, we can know that God's on the throne and he'll never fail us. I'm going to close with this statement this morning. In these trials and in these testings and this day and hour,
Let us look for the blessings of God like never before. Let us not overlook the small things, the simple things. Two years ago, or actually I guess it was last year when Miss Ellis and I, our 40th anniversary, I was planning on doing something special with her. I'd been saving, put a little bit here and a little there back. And I said to her, I said, I'm going to try to do something special, which is try to get away for an extra night and do something, go to a decent restaurant, get a nice hotel room, even if it's in Chattanooga, the local area, just get away for a night. And she said, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. We travel, we're on the road all the time. We never get to enjoy our home. The blessing to me would be just to stay home. And you know what we did? We stayed home. And went and bought some ribeye steaks. And one of the things that I've enjoyed that has been a blessing, Ms. Ellis and I are together 24-7. We're rarely apart. But one of the things I've enjoyed is spending time with my beloved wife and just enjoying our home. It has made me thank God for what I have taken for granted for the last several years. How about it this morning? How's our attitude? How's the actual test? Is God accomplishing his aim and purpose? And can we see his divine assistance. Father, I pray your blessings now on our time as we gather. Bless this morning every church member that's here at our church. Bless our pastor for his leadership and blessings and provisions. Bless him as he prepares to go into the next service. Lord, may you bless this invitation we ask in Christ's name. Heads bowed and eyes closed, preacher.